0: Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Calvary Life DFW's weekly podcast. We hope that these messages encourage and inspire you in your personal journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. Our theme for this whole year has been healthy church. Remember that? 2020? Remember that? Before this thing called coronavirus kind of shifted, but we've been going there. But healthy church, what does it mean to be a healthy church in 2020 when the world stops? Amen. I love working on wealthy of uh, health and wellness and 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 you know when when things are cool, but what happens when things get dark? Because things are dark here. But we have a hope. Amen. And so community can be a healing thing. As I look across the church, I see health. I see hope and I see faith of what God is going to do. Amen. So we've been in this deeper series, going deeper series. How many of you have been blessed by that? I've just been challenged. Uh, we, we've kind of done it for two months because we couldn't stop. How you going to go deeper, four weeks? You know, you got you to extend that thing out. Amen? And so, Pastor Grimmar talked about how to fulfill your purpose. How do you fulfill your purpose? And he Brought, off, brought the message of Elisha in a practical way that, that we all loved. I remember um, I was listening to him and I was hearing him and I was like, wow, that's good. Not that I was shocked, but I was like, that's really good. Amen, just, just hearing, because you can hear a good word, you can hear good scripture, but if I leave and there's no application, I just have information. I can be inspired to do nothing, amen. That was a good word. Praise the Lord. I'm inspired. I have more knowledge to be puffed up with, but my life is not changed. Amen. And so I have this challenge of of doing a part two, (laughs) you know, how how do you, you know, follow up with that message? But I'm thinking about this world we're living in. How do we fulfill our purpose in dark times? So, Pastor Grimmar started us off last week on how to fulfill our purpose, but you know when crisis interrupts you. Amen? You know when things knock you off course. I want to talk about that. How do you fulfill your purpose in dark times? And and I know a lot of times in Christianity, the church has done a misservice, a disservice, because all, all the time, often, it's about how do I fulfill my purpose? What do I perceive God is doing in my life? What about me? How do I feel? I'm offended. Lord, when are you gonna bring my plan to life? But one thing I realize: when it's dark outside, you're gonna need somebody, amen? When it's dark times, you cannot function on your own, amen? And so I want to encourage you that part of being a healthy church is locking arms and for some of you that scares you. That's a very scary thing, what that means. And so I, I have a story to tell. It's a funny story and I know some of you heard it before and it was our experience when we first moved to Texas and we were having a small group of us were meeting in that West Fort Worth a small group and so we were so excited because we're in the Bible Belt. Rimar and I, we were meeting on Sunday Saturdays, so we had the opportunity to go to some of the greatest churches, right? Churches we've always seen on TV. So every Sunday was a journey. Where are we gonna go today? Where are we going to go? We're going to go to Grapevine. We're going to go to Dallas. We're going to go to Potter's House. We're going to go to Gateway. So we, we had a, a, a fun time just really uh, seeing how other people worship, not judging, but seeing how people worship. And so we went to this great church um, in Keller. Many of you know it. I'm not going to mention the name. And so we came in i'm just so excited we had plans i never had enchiladas before so after service maria rodriguez was taking me to get some enchiladas i was in a good mood i was walking into the church having a good time and you know so we should have known something was wrong because when we walked in they said oh come sit in the front i'm like oh no no this is a huge church we can and they said sit in the front so i said okay so worship was going on i was just getting lost i give myself away so you can use me. And they had some toe tapping music, and it was good. But then all of a sudden, the pastor said, Today is Racial Reconciliation Sunday. Oh, come on, not us. Now you got to remember, this church is a predominantly white church. And I was like, Not today not today. I mean, I love people. I love God's people. I love all people. You know, we all got prejudice in our hearts and, and we're all dealing with that because we're going deeper. Amen. And I said, not today. I just want fun, sun, worship, and enchiladas after service. I think, I think Maria had made them. There were chicken enchiladas. So you know how you have this plan and then something else happens. I'm like, okay, maybe, maybe he'll just talk about you know, how the church's role in racial reconciliation is to be a bridge. I love build, building bridges. I love messages about being, I'm a bridge, you know? I like people of all races, all ethnicities of age, young and old, I love that, but no, he's going deep he's going deep. They had already been in the series and they're like bringing out the questions and have you ever, you know, driven in a car and been in traffic and, and, and the person in front of you was driving and they had to be of a different ethnicity. And you said, there goes those bleep bleep again. And I was like, dang, this ain't, this, is this going to be done in 30 minutes? I mean, this is heavy. I mean, enchilada sauce, I mean, I'm just excited. I just want it, just just get me out, you know, an hour, let's just, let's be. And, and so I got through it. It was great. And then all of a sudden he said, you know, I love this church and we have to make it comfortable for older people, for younger people, for people of all abilities. We have to be a safe place. You know? And so I was like, yeah, that's a good message. And then at the end, he said, search your hearts. I said, okay, that, you know, I can search my heart. Nothing wrong with that. And then he looked at us, the only, you know, flies in the milk. I'm like, oh gosh. He just said, we're so glad you're here. Thousands of people! Thousands of people! And he's like, we're so glad you're here. And that was great. I loved welcome. You know, I like attention dramatics. I was like, yes, I'm glad I'm here, you know. And, 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 but then, honey, you remember what happened? It was like we got married. It's like every person in the church came by to hug us. They came, <laughs> at the end of service, it was like, sister, bless you. Oh, sister, bless you. And I was like, okay. But then it was like, honey, it was like, we represented every black person in the world to them that day. I was like, I'm a black girl from New England, I don't represent all black people in the world, but I loved it, I loved it. You know why I loved it? You know, I I joke about it, but you know why I loved it? Because they weren't afraid. They weren't afraid to address a difficult, difficult issue. America has a, a beautiful history, you know, from the Native Americans to the persecution of the, of the English and coming over here for freedom, but it also has a dark history, right? It has a dark history of slavery, and some of our, our forefathers and even presidents held slaves, right? They, they preached the gospel, but they had this dark side, but isn't God gracious? And so I love the fact that this pastor, dear to deal with things. Why? Because if we're going to be a community of love, we have to go deeper, amen? We have to go deeper. And so I love uh, Paul and how he set up Ephesians 3 and how he talked about, you know, to the Jewish people, this is going to shock your world, but this is not going to be a a Jewish nation anymore. A a Jew, this is, this, this salvation is not, just for the Jews, it's for the Gentiles. So what he was doing in Ephesians was setting up an international, international church, a community of believers. Amen? And so to do that, we must be real, we must be loving, and we're not going to have that message today, but I just want to encourage you that if we're going to love and if we're going to grow healthy, we must embrace differences, not just of race, but of age. Many people who come to this church have felt like because they were over 60, they felt like the church had kind of said, you're washed up. Amen. And so we believe that every single person has a call on their life and we need you. We need you. And so I'm excited just to share. Let's park that because I want to come back to it. But I want to talk about how to fulfill your purpose in dark times. And I know that I preached a message on Mother's Day, and it was a, a fun message, and it was about light bearers and accepting the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. I came out of the text, 2 Corinthians 13, 14, which said the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship, or it can be translated into communion, be with you. I love that. And so on that Mother's Day message, I just introduced welcoming the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. But then again in June, our last time at the hotel, I preached a second message and it was called from crisis to revival. Ugh, that was a tough one, but it was a good one because not only did we welcome the presence and the partnership of the Holy Spirit, but we went a little bit deeper. And what does that mean? And so now today, I want to highlight the last definition of that scripture. So 2 Corinthians 13, communion, kornonia, it has three definitions. The first is fellowship. The second is partnership and we covered those. But the last one I really wanna talk about is intimacy. Fellowship, partnership, and intimacy because we cannot go deep with God unless we have the Holy Spirit teaching us, amen? We can do everything in the flesh and really stumble through things because all of us have things inside of us that we don't even know we have, amen? And so when we allow the Holy Spirit to minister depth of understanding to us, then we can love our brothers. And Cornelia Fellowship, I have a graphic that I would like to share. And so the partnership is one aspect of Holy Spirit, but the intimacy of Holy Spirit is what I really want to share about. God is speaking about not only the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit, but He is speaking about how we relate in the community. So the process, how do we dig into genuine cornonea How do we dig into Fellowship, not just with the Holy Spirit, but fellowship with one another. Genuine, when we can love each other during the difficult times. And and so I was thinking about when all this stuff was erupting and people were made known of the different um, racial injustices and, and things like that, I had a friend of mine who just called me up. This is, this is Cornelia. This is the communion. She called me up, she said, let's go out to lunch. And I said, okay, I don't know if any of the places are open because we were deep in the pandemic then, but we found a place to eat and, and outside. And, and she just said to me, how are you doing? How are you doing? Cornelia means going deeper. She did not spew out political rhetoric. She just said, how is this affecting you? my brother, my sister. She had a genuine concern. And so if we're going to be a church that operates in that of Fellowship, we must go beyond a bland community. We must go beyond the surface. We must get and do life with people when it's difficult, when it's dark outside, because we're all, you know, how many have fair weather friends? Amen, those friends that come around when things are good, But the church, Calvary Life, we seek to be a church that is there through all the seasons of your life. And that requires the intimate fellowship of the Holy Spirit, therefore we can really be present and love one another. And so painful communities, when conflict arises, when we don't hear what one another is saying, when we're just so fixed on what we believe is right now. How can we be a community that does not compromise our beliefs, that doesn't water down the theology and the gospel of grace, and do, that does not compromise on sin? How do we be present when people are hurting? Because I think a lot of times in the body of Christ, we think it's mutually exclusive. We think that we gotta be, we gotta stand firm. We gotta stand firm, pro-life you know, against gay marriage and I'm I'm against it. And I hate what abortion is doing to especially the African-American community. But God is concerned about our life from the womb to the tomb, amen? And so racial injustice should be all our concern because I said, this is nothing new. Nothing is new under the sun. And I love in the the book of Ephesians, and you see it in the Corinthians, where Paul is just getting them to understand about this is not Jewish traditions. These Gentiles are not Jewish. Amen? And so this is becoming an international community. You still with me? So I love, uh, you know, what Pastor Gwemar talked about about the political context of what Elisha was going through, Ahab and Jezebel, they were at the success, the height of their success. And Elijah announced that there would be three years of hunger, remember that? And it came true. Not a drop of rain fell, crops withered on the vine, and people were starving to death. Yes, like a famine of sorts, like what we're dealing with right now. Jobs are closing, My business. I love that Zoe Greek restaurant. Cleaners are closing up, um, dog groomers, a lot of things are closing up. And so people need Jesus, amen? People need the power of the Holy Spirit in their lives. And it's up to us to do our work so we can be a resting place for them. And let's start in 1 Kings 17:1 through 6. Elijah announces a drought, and it says, now Elijah the Tishbite from Tishbah. and Gilead said to Ahab, as the Lord, the God of Israel lives, whom I serve, there will be neither dew nor rain in the next few years except at my word and then the word of the Lord came unto Elijah. I love that. Pastor Grimm, I really broke that down. He said, and the word of the Lord came to Elijah, and it said, leave here, turn eastward, hide in the Kirith ravine, east of the Jordan. You would drink from the brook, and I have directed the ravens to supply you with food there. So what did Elijah do? He did it. He did as all the Lord told him to do. He went to Raven, east of Jordan, and stayed there. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning, bread and meat in the evening, and he drank from the brook. Isn't that good? And so how do we, how do we really understand how to fulfill our purposes when things get dark? So four ways, four ways to do that. And it's really going to be about the Word today. I have a simple, simple message. You cannot talk about fulfilling your purpose in dark times without talking about the Word of God. Amen? The Word of God is a stabilizer. The Word of God tells you wisdom that you don't even think. You know how you read a scripture? And then you read it again and you get like seven things from it at seven different times that's the power of the holy spirit so four ways to become a resting place for god's word we're only going to talk about four ways to become a resting spot for the word of god number one attend to thy word attend to Thy word what does that mean pay attention be present be present what is the scripture speaking during this time? Because the word of God is prophetic. Don't seek prophets. Don't go fall after everything you hear. The word of God is prophetic. He has modern day prophets, but a lot of times we don't realize the word of God is prophetic. And we gotta let the word of God speak to us, amen, in our situations versus allowing our thoughts, our prejudices, our political viewpoints to speak to the word amen so we have to say lord what are you saying in second kings what are you saying to the church of god what are you saying to the american church because we are the way, we provide the way the truth and the life the world is hurting they're in crisis but we should not be let me tell you why we have a hope we have a hope and so sometimes when I do counseling, I have women, especially I work with, I have a couple men, but it's so interesting with codependency. Codependency is where you attach yourself to people's problems. Hello? And it's not always God, it's not Cornelia, it's not community. It's like when you attach, yourself to people's problems. And I have an example. I I talked to a client two weeks ago, and I said, can I share this in my message? She said, go ahead. If it can help somebody, my craziness, go go for it. And so this young woman, I've been working with her for about three years off and on. She's uh, got her engineer degree. She's in engineering. She lives in the Houston area. And so she's doing great. She's working. She's a woman of God. And I'm so proud of her. But... She has a tendency to take on other people's problems. Amen? And so she's helping out a cousin who got into some trouble and he didn't have a place to stay, school didn't start up, he's a college student, and so she's helping him. Not a problem, we need to be community. We need to help. But the difference is she was owning his crisis. And and I heard it. She used words when she talked to me like, we, you know, we. We don't have a place to live. Yeah, we, we need to get money. And I said, hold on, hold on, hold on, you have a place to live. You may be stressed because you're helping someone with a crisis, but don't allow someone's crisis to become your crisis. Amen? And I think that's happening in the world the crisis. What am I going to do? I don't have a job. Oh no, what am I going to do? What if this happens? What if that happens? And we are human and we have emotion, but we're not in crisis as the world is. Because when we're in crisis, we have the word to be a resting place because it's a stabilizer. And so we have to realize that our role in this dark world is to first attend to his word What is the Word of God saying? What is the Word of God saying about my situation? And and as I'm helping people, help me not to adopt your problem, right? You may be struggling with depression. You may be struggling with alcoholism. You may be struggling with parenting. And I want to be there for you, but I'm not, amen? And so this is important. I say that not in the spirit of pride. I say that in the spirit of sometimes we act like we don't have a Savior. And it hurts the heart of God. Sometimes we act like healing and miracles still don't work and that hurts the heart of God because first we are children of God. We are pastors, we are business owners, we are all that, but the first thing that we are, we're children of God and God is not a sloppy father. Amen? and he always has a plan. So, attend to my words. Proverbs 420 says, my son, be attentive to my words. Be present with my words. Incline your ears to my sayings. Let them not escape your sight. That means follow them. What is God saying? Not what are they saying? Not what the news is saying, but what is God saying about them? And it says, for they are life, the words of God, in healing to all my flesh. What? I'm reading the word. How can it be healing to my flesh? How can it be healing to my flesh? Because the word of God is prophetic. It speaks to body, soul, and spirit. So I think that Christians have to get an identity shift of whose we are and that God is still in the miracle business. So if the world doesn't have hope and we don't have a hope, this is going to be a dark time. What is our role? Is it genuine, genuine community or is it bland? Let's go through the motions. How you doing? We're in church, high fives, and I don't get involved in your life. And you don't see me. You don't see my pain. You don't give me a word that's going to encourage my heart. Amen? And so the second, the second way that the Word of God becomes a resting place is the Word of God must be your guide. I love that. The Word of God must be your guide. I know, um, God, last week, Pastor Grimmar talked about how light overpowers darkness. And I was thinking about how is the Word... It says in Psalms 19, 105, how is the word of God? It says your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And and as I visually uh, begin to conceptualize that and to get a vision for that, I think about walking through a dark, dark forest right and you know I, if anybody knows me i'm scared i I'm, I'm scared it don't take much to scare me i drive my husband crazy when you know when it's trash night and i i, I did see some weird stuff near the trash can and i gotta go out to my car he's like don't walk in fear i'm like all right i'll take my dog because i'm not afraid but just in case um we're gonna go out together um and so it's so funny because the word is a lamp unto my feet and a light into my path so a lot of times my voice becomes louder, and he knows it. I'm slamming doors because that's going to really um, you know, deter you know somebody with a knife who wants to kill me. Nobody wants to kill me, but it's pray for me, saints um, you know, I have this vision, I have this dog, his name is Jackson, and he ain't gonna protect me, but it's a false sense of security, but I have my dog, and, and, and so I'm not trusting God. It's like, I know God work on me, but I, I get scared when I go in the dark because it, it, it's dark outside. And so attend, what does attend mean? To deal with and to give one's attention. So how do we let the Word of God become our light to our way? And this is very important. Sometimes God gives you a glimpse of your future. He gives you a glimpse of a situation. Okay, so if you walk this way, this way, and this way, this is going to happen. But no, not in dark times. Not in dark times. He wants you to take a step of faith in the dark. Oh no, He's, He promises to be there. He promises to give us direction, and that's like the hard stuff. And that's the difference between fulfilling your purpose in good times and fulfilling your. P- Purpose in dark times. You have to take a step of faith. Amen. Are you still with me? Okay, so I'm gonna read Elijah again. I'm gonna go back to that text, our main text, um, second first uh, Kings 17, and I want to start in 7, verse 7. And this is the exchange of Elijah and the widow. It says, Sometime later the brook dried up. The brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to him. Go at once to Zarephath in the region of Sidon and stay there. I have directed a widow there to supply you with food. So he went to Zarephath. When he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called to her and said, Would you bring me a little water in a jar so I may have drink? As she was going to get it, he called, and he said, bring me some bread too. Now, some people, I mean, that's just too much, right? You're just like, is this guy serious? I could do the water, but now you asking for it. He, he knows it's a famine. And then in 12, it says, as surely as the Lord God, your God lives, she replied, I don't have bread, only a handful of, handful of flour in a jar, and a little olive oil in a jug. I am gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son that we may eat and die. Hold on, this just grew dark. I mean, how did we... (laughs) This is like, you ever meet somebody and you're on a plane and you're just like, oh, hey, how you doing? You know, getting comfortable. And then they just tell you all kinds of stuff and it's like... I just wanted to be on the surface. I, I, yeah, I, I really didn't want to know all that, but it happened. And so 13, Elijah said to her, don't be afraid, go home and do as you have said, but first make a small loaf of bread for me, ooh, from what you have and bring it to me, and then make some something for yourself and your son. This is something else, for this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says the jar of flour will not be used up, and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the land. Ooh, she went away and did as Elijah had told her. So there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and her family, for the jar was not used up, and the jug of oil did not run dry in keeping with the word of the Lord. This is what it means for the word of the Lord to be a guide, right? So things are going well, things, then things dry up, amen? And so the application, the application, the word instructs and God gives detailed information if we listen. If you're asking God for direction, he has a word for your situation. And a lot of times we're not at rest to hear what the Spirit of God says. That's what the Word of God does. It instructs and it brings peace. So if I'm not getting an answer, if I'm not getting direction, it's not that God isn't speaking, it's because I'm not resting and I'm not allowing it to really instruct you. And I think it's very important. I know we're living a crazy time, but I'm just so proud of Our church, we have this awesome, awesome ministry. It's called the Shine Mentorship Ministry. And it is just amazing. We have over 17 mentors and we are matching them with women. And it's amazing that we understand there's a pandemic going on, but God is doing something miraculous with these women. Businesses are starting, weight is being lost, health is happening, and people are getting the victory because mentorship. Sometimes we can't receive the word of God because it comes from someone that we don't want to receive it from. The widow could have said, no, I'm good. Here's some water and I'm out, right? But she didn't. She allowed the word of God that ministered to Elisha to be the voice of God in her life. Amen. She could not have, she could have said, this isn't for me, but she listened. And so this leads me to my next point. point, third point. How do I make the word of God a resting place? Resist all opposition and powerful prayer. Resist all opposition and powerful prayer. And what that means is that we sometimes don't even recognize who our enemies are. Amen? Sometimes we do not recognize the fact that our closest friends, our closest family members sometimes ha- only have our comfort in mind. They don't have our future in mind. They're picking the safest way. I know if I was the widow's sister, I would have said, like, that man crazy. He, He wants you to give what? He wants you to do what? But it would have been out of love. It's like, get behind me, Satan. Get behind me, Satan. Jesus said to Peter, like, that was a loving statement, right? Because he understands, God understands the purpose of God in your life and that there will be opposition, sometimes through people who love us. It's not always the big bad wolf, right, that's coming to the work, the plans of God. I speak this over this church right now in the name of Jesus that we will have the spirit of discernment to understand who we connect with, amen? I pray that over you right now in the name of Jesus. I speak life and I speak eyes be open and I pray Lord God that we attach ourselves to only people that have our purpose and our plan in mind. Because we have a general corporate purpose, but we also have an individual purpose that we must fulfill. And so we have to stop looking for comfort. A comfortable church is a boring church. Amen? A comfortable church is a boring church, it's not one that steps out on water, it's not one that believes healing. Radical church, that's what Peter, that's what Paul was talking about. He was talking about, oh no, 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 you're getting it confused. Paul, you know, Paul was speaking to the Gentiles, and Peter was speaking to the Jews. It was like, it was this amazing thing that was happening, and he was shifting their minds to understand that Jesus was creating something larger and something glorious, and we have to rise above this world and picking sides, and we have to take authority over every thought that comes captive to the Word of God, to the purposes of God. We must rise above. We must not be like sheep. Which side you want? I'm this side. Which side you want? I'm on that side. I'm on the Lord's side. I'm on the Lord's side. We have to come up. And what does that mean? Letting the word be your resting place. Letting the word renew your mind. Lord, what do you say about this election? What do you say about um, these people in these unreached nations? What do you say, Lord God? Help me to look beyond my circle of influence and have a heart for what you're doing in the land. Not this land, because America, we have a tendency to think we're the center of the world, but the world, his plan of salvation is so much greater than ours. Amen? And so we must resist all opposition and powerful prayer. It says in James 4:6, it says, but he gives more grace. Therefore, it says, God opposes the proud and gives grace to the humble. So what is pride? What does pride look like? Pride doesn't always look like this big prideful thing, but sometimes like, I don't know if I can receive that. "Mm, I I know what the word says, but I don't like the person that's delivering the message. I, I don't know. That's pride. So we must resist the devil and he will flee, but we also must... Say, if something comes to us, if something comes that we think is a word of God, Lord, just say in prayer, Lord, how is this word speaking to me right now? How do I apply this in my life? I think there's nothing in my heart that's wicked, but show me. I remember I I was in New York on September 11th, so uh, I'm I'm close to those events, and that really affected me tremendously for like three years. I had terrible dreams. I mean, we were in New York that we left for our honeymoon, and we left two days on the same airplane um, and, and the same airport that the September 11th bombings happened, so I had these horrible, horrible nightmares, you know, about just the world coming to an end, and and just destruction. And I began to get paralyzed in fear. And every time September 11th came around, I had a hard time. And so sometimes we don't even realize. I think about, I don't have any prejudice. I don't have any racial reconciliation. And I'm a part of this project. It's called the Joshua Project, where we pray for different people groups. Some of them are unreached, some of them are not. And every time it came to this certain people group, I struggled. I struggled because of the events of terrorism. And God had to do something in me. God loves Israel and Ishmael. I said, God loves Israel and Ishmael. And God has a plan for reconciliation for them all. And we have to find out what is my role in that process? What is our role in the church for bringing that plan of redemption to all nations? Amen? And so, Intercessory prayer, one thing when it was dark and and I felt like all the pulling of the world and political unrest and riots and protests, the number one thing I did was increase prayer in the church. Increase prayer in the church. We pray every Thursday a group of us intercessory prayers and we, we go to town and there's pockets of prayer that's happening. We have prayer partners. Pastor Grummar really challenged us to get prayer partners and to really pray because that's humility. That's saying, God, we don't know how this is going to plan out. We don't know what this election is going to bring, but we know you're on the throne. Amen? And so that's what we got to do. We got to resist opposition and powerful prayer. And the last one, oh, this is a good one. This is the one that really, really is near and dear to my heart. In order to make the Word of God, the final thing, to make the Word of God a resting place for us is to resolve personal grief and loss. Hello? Amen? I don't hear any claps. I don't, I, don't, I, I don't know. I don't know if this is what you want to hear today, but this is Bible. You cannot enter into my pain and what I'm going through and my loss if you have not entered into yours. You cannot minister healing and deliverance to me if you haven't received healing and deliverance for your own self, right? And so resolving personal grief and loss, and I love this, and I'm gonna close with this, the same verse, and it says in First Peter, 1 Kings 17, we're gonna finish it out, 17 to 24. It says, sometime later, the son of the woman Who owned the house became ill. This is just going all kinds of ways. I mean, she she was about to die, then she got sick, then the son got sick, and he grew worse and worse, and finally the son stopped breathing. She said to Elijah, what do you have against me, man of God? Did you come to remind me of my sin and kill my son? I thought we were good. You know, you got the you know, jug of oil, the, the, the bread, and we made it through the famine, and it grew dark. That's what this pandemic is. It grew dark. We were happy. 2020, yeah, we're going to do it. What's your goal for this year, man of God? What's your goal? We're going to do it. Then boom. What? What's happening? This, this, is, this is messing up with my theology. Can God still be good, and I go through a difficult time? How many of you had losses? Deal with them, deal with them, because we cannot enter into genuine koinonia, fellowship, partnership, and intimacy with the Holy Spirit and others if we have not dealt with our own, our own stuff, our own losses. And losses can be, and grief can be so many different things. It can be a loss of a parent. It could be a dou- husband that left it could be a woman that rejected you. It could be a child that died. But deal with it because what happens in the body of Christ and I see it and I have a heart for it because I see it. We have these blind spots. I call them the pride spots. Well, I'm not racist. I have white, black friends. I'm not racist. I have Mexican friends. I'm not racist. I have, I, I, uh, I'm not ageist. You know, I, I, I talked to an old person yesterday. I, I'm not. And we don't even see it, and my heart of, of just missing that, 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 that bomb, that, 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 that plane that blew up, I was two days before that plane. I was two days before that flight, we, we left on a Tuesday, no, we left on a Sunday, and it happened Tuesday. We left on September 9th from that same airport. When we came back, you could still see the dust and the National Guards and everything in there. And so I didn't even know I had stuff in my heart towards that people group. And if I don't deal with it, I can justify. I can justify. You can always get scripture to justify instead of letting scripture speak to your heart and to speak to the dark areas that we all have. I just wanna be loved and I want others to love me, but we have to deal with our hearts it doesn't mean we're bad people it just means I had grief that I had to deal with I had to forgive I had to let go I took it personal when you're that close to it it was like it was like a war you you saw people New York is a very diverse city and after that people start locking up you know walking around and thinking everybody's a terrorist because they look a little different or they have funny names. These people could be dentists and been in this country all their life, but it's like, I don't know. Because it was unresolved grief. It's something that happened to us. But if we're not careful and we don't allow the Holy Spirit to do His healing work, it could become our identity. And we could get justified in why this people group is the way it is. We could find scripture, We can twist it. We could find a political group that can justify it. And I want you to be engaged in politics. I want you to take a stand. I want you to fight for the voiceless. But I also want you to remember that we're higher than that. Jesus Christ is building his kingdom and he wants us to be his bride without spot or wrinkle. And we must not let our own racial identity, our own ideas, our own political parties to even usurp our place in the kingdom of God. This is serious business. I know this is a a hard message, but I want us to do the work. I want us to get the infection out. And I want you to pray because I want this to be a safe place where all people could come and not feel funny and not get looks because you're wearing a mask and I'm not wearing a mask or, or, or you're, you believe this and I believe that. Let the word of God convict of sin. We must speak the truth, but we must do it in love. We have a mandate and I'm gonna stand before Christ and, and God and as you are. How did you treat my sheep? Did you love my sheep? I gave you a great commission. What did you do? Did you think you were of this world? Let's get our identities right. Whose we are. Let's let the word of God be a resting place for our lives. This is serious business. These are dark times. And and, do you think it's gonna get lighter? We have a hope. I tell you, this time has been actually one of the most exciting times for me personal. personally. I feel like, I'm like, God, what's all the fluff? What, 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 don't, what, what don't we need? What relationships I need to cut out? What ministries in church are just there but they're not working? I just want God and I want the fellowship of the Holy Spirit and I don't want nothing to be added or taken away from it. And so the applica- application, We cannot act like pain and loss don't affect us. and that that scripture, Elijah went to God and said, God, this woman's crying, help her. So the woman came to Elijah and said, what are you doing? Did you come here to remind me of my sin? And Elijah got, oh, I don't know what to do. So what did he do? He went to God and said, what are you going to do with this woman's kid? How do we deal with grief and pain? We bring it to God. That's it, simple. We don't act like it doesn't exist. We don't call it faith instead of presumption. We deal with things. The Bible's messy. And it's messy for a reason because he deals with us. Jesus was a man of grief and a man of sorrows, not because he wasn't full of power, but because he loved and he lost. And he, were, he was betrayed. And it's okay, but we must come through it. So i like to end with the church must be an authentic community. Cornelia, 1 Corinthians 13, four. Praise be to the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion, the God of all comfort, who comforts us in our troubles so that we may comfort those in trouble. I love that church we went to. I joke about it, but they were doing God's work that day. They were making everyone uncomfortable, but now they're like a leader in this whole movement, even before all this stuff happened. Me and my husband attended in November a mosaic, multi-ethnic, cultural, um, it was a conference for pastors and leaders all throughout the world because they saw what was coming. That's why it's important to know who you're hooking up with and what you attach yourself to, because you could be ahead of things before it comes. Paul was saying goodbye to the Corinthian church, that, that, that long Corinthians, when he said, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. He was talking to a community. Let it be with you all, not just be with you for personal success and wealth, but be with you all. Stand with me as I close in prayer. I believe if Jesus was here, what would he say to our situation? What would he say to the world that we're living in right now? What would he say about the corona? What would he, what would he say about the political uh, slants and the, the, the misinformation that we get, the fake news that we get sometimes? What would he say? I think he would quote John 8:12. He says, he would say, "I think I am the light of the world. <laughs> Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light." of life. We covered how to be a resting place for God's Word, which is the only way we will fulfill our purpose in dark times. Father God, we just thank you. We thank you, Lord, for this moment that we come freely in this country to a church without any opposition. We ask you, Lord, just to manifest yourself to us in a deeper way. We know you as Savior and we know you as Lord, but speak to our griefs this morning. Speak to our unrest, speak to the crisis, speak to the things that we have doubts about. And Lord, let us receive your words anew, afresh. Help us to not think that we may have this area licked. Maybe we do have some prejudice, maybe we don't. The fact that we're allowing you to search our hearts is an act of humility. Maybe I do. And I know, Lord, this is a tough situation, but we ask you to guide us as we move through the rest of this year and becoming the healthy church you desire us to be because we wanna be a place for miracles. But first, there must be genuine community and unity. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We hope this message was impactful to you. If you would like to hear more, please remember to subscribe. For more information, you can visit our pages on both Facebook and Instagram. God bless you and have a great rest of the week.